Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by my favorite college in America, Hillsdale College, which proudly refuses every penny of government funding to remain independent. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. You know, this fool in the White House blames Trump and everybody else. We had a border that was as secure as ever had been, and he destroyed it. We had inflation as low as had ever been, and he destroyed it. We were energy independent, and he destroyed it. And you can go down an entire list. An entire list of things that affect your lives. That this man and his party, the Democrat Party, have destroyed. Because they don't believe in America. They don't believe in capitalism. They don't believe in individualism and family and faith. They believe in centralized big government and to use whatever authorities that they can grab, that they can seize to empower themselves. Nationalizing massive amounts of land and then saying you can't use it for drilling. The state of Alaska. They've nationalized so much of Alaska, it's barely a state. It's an appendage of Washington, D.C. Same with Wyoming. Same with Nevada. Same with Montana. It's amazing. By the way, footnote. My beautiful wife, Julie, is running the Jerusalem Marathon. In a couple of days, uh, I had to stay back because of my responsibilities here. And we have two brand new dogs. But this was set up a long time ago, and I was going to go, but I can't, obviously. And uh, just to show you how technology works, it's amazing. So she's listening to me in Jerusalem as I'm speaking here. Isn't that amazing, Mr. Producer? He really is cool. And these two dogs that we rescued are magnificent. They're already best friends. Even though one's tiny and one's much bigger. Not big, but bigger. And I have built effectively a uh, Fort Knox in the kitchen. With chairs, with dog gates, big dog gates. And boxes and everything else. And I have to keep making it wider and wider. Because Ronnie, the bigger guy, keeps figuring out how to break out. I don't know how the hell he does it. And then the little one trots right behind him. And they're not completely house trained, so I am exhausted. My buddy Mike is helping out. I uh, Doing some of the walking, I do the rest of it. But it really, I, I don't know how they're doing it. Uh, but, uh, so the house training is going to take a little while. So I've built this fort not, and they just keep escaping. I don't know. I've got to figure this out somehow. I thought I did, but they're outsmarting us. It's the most damn thing I've ever seen. All right.
Back to ugly and stupid, a.k.a. Biden. Here he is at the White House today. Cut one, go. Today, thanks to the quick action of my administration over the past few days, Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. What in the world does that mean? You know what he did? The FDIC has a cap of $250,000 for any single depositor. After that, you're on your own. You know what he did? He waived the cap. Now, who's on the hook for this? He's going to tell you you are not. Folks, you're on the hook for everything. You're on the hook for the student loans. You're on the hook for, the wel- for welfare. You're on the hook for illegal aliens. And you're on the hook for this. You're on the hook for all of it. And you have no say about any of it. Have you noticed? Here I go. Have you ever wondered, you've heard the phrase Marxist-Leninism. Have you heard that phrase, Mr. Producer? People never really dig into it. What is Leninism? Stick with me, folks. I know what I'm doing. What is Leninism? How is it different from Marxism? Well, without spending the entire show on this, although I love doing that sort of thing, because it's important. Marx, Trotsky was closer to Marx, actually. You know, the proletariat will rise up. That is, the working people overthrow the government. Could be violent, likely violent period of time. There'll be despotism. And then eventually the, uh, the government withers away because everybody, you know, it's a communal where everybody's pulling their own weight. You know, that's thumbnail sketch, trust me. But that said, Lenin said no. You see, the Russian Revolution wasn't a bunch of Cossacks and, um, and farmers rising up. Lenin was sort of a philosopher, but he was also revolutionary, obviously. And he said, no, what's going to be required here is an iron fist. One party rule that imposes this sort of utopian, I'll call it, equity on a society. And if people don't adhere to it, they're undermining it, and therefore they must be disposed of in one form or another. And so the Communist Party... And then, of course, Lenin gets sick and he dies. Trotsky takes off because Stalin wants to kill him, eventually does in 1940. Uh, He winds up uh, being hung on a meat hook. Nice guys. But anyway, so Stalin takes Leninism and sort of uh, molds it to Stalinism. But the brutality is obvious. It, it, uh, it, It explains and justifies every mass genocide, anything they do for the good of the people. Now, obviously, we're not facing that, but the broader understanding of Leninism, as opposed to, say, pure Marxism, or pure American Marxism, uh, is the centralized iron fist. Maoism is very similar to Leninism. 
the central party, the central power. And these decisions have to be centralized in order to impose them. And Lenin believed that the people will not come to economic socialism on their own. They're too dug in on their own property rights and so forth. So you have to legislate it. It's not going to come naturally. So the party must impose it, must legislate it, must legislate economic socialism and must legislate excuse me, and must use a police state to enforce it. So here in the United States, we have the constant effort to centralize by the Democrats. This growing police state, if you will, monitoring you, interfering with free speech, constantly attacking the Bill of Rights, if you don't agree with them, if you're in the wrong party, if the wrong viewpoint, whether it is pro-life or parents' rights, or you just disagree with a Fauci or whatever, you get the scarlet letter, almost like the social credit stuff in communist China. But this has kind of been adapted to the United States system, not as aggressive, obviously, but one degree or another. Where Biden says his administration has taken care of the banking system. No, it hasn't. Or more. Bernie Sanders, we need to nationalize our health care system. For the people, of course. And, and, and when they do these things, the people have no say. You have no say. And if you disagree and you're outspoken, you're going to be punished in one form or another. And that's what's going on. That's what wokeism means. Wokeism is a very passive word or term for something that's very vicious and diabolical. Vicious and diabolical. It's a war on free speech. It's a war on competition of ideas. It's a war on liberty. Liberty. It's a war on thought. It's a war on communication. Because any centralized autocracy requires conformity. That's the whole reason it's centralized and it's an autocracy. Conformity. And you can see this more and more and more with Biden. And what Biden's doing is he continues to centralize power through executive orders, through this idea of climate change. When I look at the border situation, you know, you're not allowed to say, oh, it's replacement theory. It must be replacement theory. When, in fact, Chuck Schubert basically called it just that. I think it's much more specific. And that's why the Democrats and the media don't talk about it. Biden knows. I'm getting to the point that if you can flip Texas and make it blue, it's over. There is simply no avenue for the Republicans to ever win the White House. All you have to do is flip Texas. Then it's over. You have California, Texas, New York. 
doesn't matter how red Florida becomes. doesn't matter if Pennsylvania is a purple state or a reddish state. It's over. When Reagan won the presidency, he won all three of those states. But for Republicans, George H.W. Bush, he won Texas and California. They flipped California through immigration, illegal immigration. They flipped it. And they're trying the same thing with Texas. But Texas has resisted. Their government has resisted. The people have resisted. And so it's just let the border open and let people flow in. And whatever happens, happens in terms of crime and drugs and whatever. The power is flip Texas. You don't even need Georgia and Virginia. Just flip Texas. That's what's going on. You might say, oh, dumb Mark. No, no, dumb Mark. Nobody's told you this. Of course they want to flip Texas. But they say replacement. No, all they need is Texas. In Texas, the victory levels for Republicans are getting tighter, tighter, and tighter. So whether it's Leninism or Marcuse or Gramsci or pure Marxism or whatever it is, the form of Marxism, it's about power. So they can come in and say 16 million million acres of federal land which they seized from Alaska 16 I want you to think of that number 16 million acres cannot be used to explore for energy period gone it's much harder to undo that once a president puts it in place did somebody vote on that nobody voted on that Nobody voted on that. And in exchange, they'll get, you know, two out of three leases when they were supposed to get five. Conoco was supposed to get five leases to drill. He cut it, I think, down to three. And you be happy with that. You go along, so forth and so on. But what that means is 10 years, 20 years, 30 years in the future, your children and grandchildren are not going to have access to this. The banking system, as I said, these regional banks, they're the canary in the coal mine. This is a consequence of 24 months of a Democrat administration and a Democrat Congress supported by Republicans in many respects, the McConnellites, and what they've done to the currency, how they've created inflation, the Fed assisted them. Now the Fed is reverse course. The Fed's trying to clamp it down, trying to push us into a recession. People are going to lose their jobs. Interest rates are going up and up. And these banks that loaned money, as, as, as you would expect, at 3 4 5 6% are now going to be paying more than that on the money that they loan, and they're not going to be able to do it. And they're being told to focus on ESG, and solar panels and wind industry because that's what the administration is demanding and that's in part why they're subsidizing banks. 
This is a man-made economic disaster, and it's not over. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. So the way I see this, uh, really two things have caused this situation. Especially with the first bank and maybe future banks. These regional banks being the smaller banks. And that is, number one, inflation. Which was caused by the Biden administration and the historically massive debt creation. And number two, their ideological agenda, which is not sustainable. Because you cannot build a first-class economy, prosperity, growth, on wind and solar. Maybe one day, but this is not the day. And so now we'll take out the, the executives of these banks who, are not, who, who may have done hanky-panky, and they should be investigated. Don't get me wrong, but I notice that Republicans and Democrats alike, conservatives and liberals alike, they just figure they'll hang one of these guys in public, and, that, and that'll distract you enough. Don't let that happen whether they hang these guys in public or not. This entire thing didn't have to happen. It didn't have to happen. Massive inflation didn't have to happen. We didn't have it until the Democrats took over. All this spending was unnecessary. Absolutely unnecessary, but they did it anyway. There are literally several hundreds of billions of dollars that are unaccounted for. On the books. And several hundred billions of dollars they know are gone through waste and fraud. That's the federal government. Nobody goes to jail for that. Nobody's investigated for that. Just another year, we move on to the next budget. I detest Joe Biden for many, many reasons over the years, what he did to Bob Bork and other people. But I detest what he's doing to my country. I detest what he's doing to families in this country. I detest what he's doing to our children and grandchildren in the future. 
Let's listen to some more. Cut to go, please. All customers who had deposits in these banks can rest assured. I want to rest assured they'll be protected and they'll have access to their money as of today. That includes small businesses across the country that bank there and need to make payroll, pay their bills and stay open for business. No losses. will be, And I want this is an important point. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? You going to just print more money? Well, it affects every damn one of us. If we haven't learned that by now, we're very slow learners here. And by the way, this isn't the time for class warfare. This has nothing to do with class warfare. It has everything to do with big government, radical left-wing Democrats, trying to force banks to do what banks shouldn't be doing, trying to create an industry where an industry does not yet exist, punishing consumers and customers like you and me. That's what this is about. Go ahead. Let me repeat that. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Instead, the money will come from the fees that banks pay into the deposit insurance fund. Because of the actions of that, because of the actions that are regulators already... Whoa, 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 the fees. The banks are a pass-through, ladies and gentlemen. They take a little off the top. That's how you have to look at it. The banks handle money. And as I said earlier, they're the most regulated industry in the country. So if the banks are going to now have to pay the federal government more money, then it comes out of your right pocket and goes out of your left pocket. You're paying both ends. You're paying the taxes for the feds, and you're going to pay the higher fees. Don't worry. So you're not taxed directly. So what? You're taxed. Go ahead. Every American should feel confident that their deposits will be there if and when they need them. Second, the management of these banks will be fired. If the bank is taken over by... But what about you, you schmuck? What about you? That created this inflation. That drove up these interest rates that are subsidizing banks, and not just banks, all kinds of financial institutions, all kinds of industries, punishing the ones that don't, that don't embrace your ideology, subsidizing the ones that do, this bank was following Democrat dogma. And again, we have this in the New York Times. The bank, the largest to fail since 2008, worked with more than 1,550 technology companies that are creating solar, hydrogen, and battery storage projects. According to its website, the bank issued them billions in loans. Well, what about that? Not a word from Joe Biden. It's Trump, and we're going to get Trump. We got our Democrat hack in Manhattan working on it, a Democrat hack in Atlanta, a Democrat hack in Washington. Oh, yes. Investigations galore. 
We'll blame him for everything. Cut three, go. Investors in the banks will not be protected. They knowingly took a risk, and when the risk didn't pay off, investors lose their money. That's how capitalism works. They shouldn't be protected. But let's be clear about something. They're still trying to sell, even the feds now, this bank and its assets to investors, Mr. Producer. Are you aware of that? So if you're an investor and you're listening to this, you think you're going to buy? See, the class warfare stuff really is not acceptable to me. We have a federal deposit insurance system in place since the New Deal. Used to be $50,000, then they raised it to a hundred, then $150,000. Now it's a quarter of a million. Well, Biden just announced, without any legislative support or legislation of any kind, is that there will be no cap. No cap. So if you had a million dollars in the bank, you're going to get a million dollars. But don't worry, taxpayers, you're not on the hook for it. This magical somebody or something else is on the hook for it. All the other banks are on the hook for it, which means you're on the hook for it, obviously. So, he does that, which is a disaster, because it creates the wrong incentives. Plus, there's not enough money for this. But it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. But if you've invested in the bank, you can go to hell. What are you talking about? If you're a shareholder in the bank. And by the way, investors could be you. Do you know? Do you know if your 401k or IRA is investing in banks? In a mutual fund that invests in banks? It's possible, you know. Well, you can go to hell. You don't matter. It's really quite remarkable. And then there's this. Cut four, go. We must reduce the risk of this happening again. During the Obama-Biden administration, we put in place tough requirements on banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, including the Dodd-Frank law to make sure that the crisis we saw in 2008 would not happen again. Unfortunately, the last administration rolled back some of these requirements. I'm going to ask Congress and the banking regulators to strengthen the rules for banks to make it less likely this kind of bank failure would happen again and to protect American jobs and small businesses. What an a-hole. Why, why, why do we need this guy in the Oval Office? Seriously. What new regulation would you like, Joe? Which, which one would do it? Can anybody come up with one? Of course not. This bank, you can't regulate a bank over inflation. What are they supposed to do? Any bank or any financial institution or any human being. Then you push this radical Marxist agenda to eliminate fossil fuels and solar energy like he's some kind of hippie. Solar and wind. Yeah, solar and wind. And that's how we'll get the country moving. That's where we'll get our energy from. Oh, yes, solar and wind. You're irrational, Joe. No, 
No, I'm not irrational. This is the future. There's no industries for this. So we have to create them. There's no demand for this. So we have to create it. We're going to subsidize and we're going to move money around and we're going to regulate to put oil companies out of business. Yes. You know, our technology, ladies and gentlemen, private sector came up with fracking. The cleanest method in the history of mankind to extract natural gas. And we just destroyed it. Because Joe decided after all his years in Washington, he never talked about climate change before until it became faddish. And now, you see, and even the New York Times article, the climate crisis. Oh yes, there's a climate crisis going on. No, it's a Democrat Party crisis that is destroying our country. So it's Trump's fault, just like that railroad accident. Oh, that's Trump's fault. He deregulated. And the Washington Post looked at it and said, no, 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 nothing Trump did had anything to do with it. Oh, but the facts don't catch up. And now there's a bank failure, a bank that's doing exactly what the Democrats want. Oh, it's Trump's fault for deregulating. Deregulating what? What did he deregulate? Which, deregula- which regulation did he deregulate that caused this? Well, catch me if you can. No wonder he doesn't take questions. He shuffles off, spews out his, his spittle with his stupid comments. Mr. Economic Illiterate. More spending will cure inflation. And he got his wish. You know what? He didn't even get his wish. That bill they passed was $3.5 trillion. Remember how much you wanted to spend? $6 trillion. There'd be another $2.5 trillion floating around in this country. $2.5 trillion. Hundreds of billions going unspent. Hundreds of billions in waste and fraud. There would have been another $2.5 trillion rejiggering America, re-engineering human beings, telling us what we can and cannot do. And he pushed it. He said, yes, more spending will... Help us fight inflation. That's like that Supreme Court nominee, Jackson. Not being able to define a woman. I, I, you know, I'm not a biologist. No, and you shouldn't be a justice either. Maybe you should go back to third grade and learn about biology. Then you can tell us what the International Woman's Day was. Or the year of the woman. Or the month of the woman. How can Justice Jackson even celebrate it? She still doesn't know what a woman is. Even though she's the first African-American woman on the court, she doesn't know exactly what that means. Because, as she said, she's not a biologist. The insanity of this administration, the insanity of the left, the lies, it just never ends. Mark Levin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. First of all, it's very strange that people who are likely to seek the presidency or seeking the presidency feel compelled to answer questions from a from a friend of mine even a uh, a broadcaster it's very weird <clears throat> but that said it happened and they've all dutifully applied I wonder if I set a set of questions out to these candidates you think I'd get all the answers Mr. Producer we have more listeners during the course of a week on this show than any three or four cable TV shows combined. But that's not the way I roll. That's not the way I roll. But it, apparently it's the way some people roll in the uh, presidential sweepstakes. I'm not going to pick on any one candidate, even though I am disappointed in one in particular. But I want to talk about this again. You see, the, the media are very desperate for a fight. The New York Times, of course, wrongly describes this as a battle between the Hawks and the establishment versus Trump and DeSantis. That's, that's not what this is. Was Ronald Reagan part of the establishment? took him three times to get the nomination from the establishment Republicans. He won by the biggest popular vote and electoral college landslides of any Republican in history. It was hardly establishment. In fact, the establishment Republicans in the 70s and 80s were very much against Reagan's approach to building up the U.S. military peace through strength battling the Soviets through satellite nations, whether in Africa, Central South America, Afghanistan, or other places. He didn't send troops everywhere, but he did in fact send arms, know-how, and money. The goal was to defeat the Soviet Union, and defeat it that way, and defeat it economically. The Kissingers of the world believed in detente. Nixon, Ford, the Bushes. Reagan rejected detente. And things have come full circle. We have candidates, including friends of mine, who apparently are more Kissinger than Reagan. More Kissinger than Reagan. I don't think that's going to go very well. I really don't. And then on top of that, we have an utterly incompetent and buffoonish commander-in-chief who is neither a chief nor a commander who complicates these matters even more. So this isn't a battle between the D.C. elites and the populists. The populists have yet to put out a manifesto, a doctrine of their foreign policy. Great foreign policy ideas from populists. I'm still waiting for that book. I'd love to have the author on the show. But they don't have any ideas. 
What is their foreign policy doctrine? They don't have a foreign policy doctrine. American first, American first. That's a bumper sticker. I believe in America first, which is why I disagree with so many of them. But populists and populism does have a long history in the Marxist socialist movement of the late 1800s, really about 18, excuse me, 1876 or so forward, and they turned into the modern-day progressives, which has turned into the modern-day Marxists, which has turned into the modern-day Democrat Party. So I'm loath to hear putative conservatives, pseudo-conservatives, even people who've been conservative, to mouth a foreign policy without any kind of substantive principles except labeling their opponents and labeling themselves. We're good and they're bad. This isn't third grade. This is serious stuff. As best as I can tell, it's a combination of George McGovern, who was a radical leftist in his day, and Pat Buchanan. That's as best as I can tell. But it's not clear. As for Donald Trump, Donald Trump has never been a cut-and-run guy. Not in business and not in foreign policy. Listen carefully to what he says. Even listen carefully or read carefully what he said. This is not our war. This is Europe's war. Correct. I don't even disagree with that. But what would Donald Trump do? He's already said. He would insist that Europe provide more weapons to Ukraine and more money to Ukraine. What else has he said? He could end it in a day. Does he mean dropping nuclear bombs? No. He means negotiations of some kind or another. After all, the Russians are hurting, are they not? He doesn't say we have no interest here, so screw it. He didn't even say that in Afghanistan. This isn't a battle over territory. This is a battle over freedom, including our freedom. We cannot survive without allies. They cannot survive without us. Even communist China understands that. Even fascistic Russia understands that. Even the Islamo-Nazis in Tehran understand that. Even the inbred in North Korea understand that. That's why they have built an access. We now have an access of enemies. They're allies with each other. Why? Why don't they go it alone? Because they can't. So what is this doctrine, this foreign policy? It's what I say about the Marxists. Please give us your, your blueprints. I want to know where you're taking us. And I would say to the pacifists among us, some of whom are actually putinoids, Please give us your give us your blueprint. Unless the United States is directly attacked, we're not going to get involved. Is that is that the position? No. 
if we have an agreement with an ally like Ukraine in 1994, give your nukes to the Russians, and we, the Russians and the British, will protect your sovereignty, does that mean anything? Well, to some people, apparently not. Why are they so cocksure that if Putin doesn't work his way through Ukraine, and he would take Ukraine in three days if we dropped everything, that they're not going to attack Poland when he says they are? They said that Poland's going to have to adjust their boundaries. What do you think that means? Why do you think Romania is saying that they want to attack Romania? You think these people are bluffing? Why do you think the Balkan states... Finland, for God's sakes, that was neutral during World War II. It's not neutral anymore. It's desperate to get into NATO. Over at the Heritage Foundation, I've been doing my research. Wasn't that long ago when the Heritage Foundation was saying expand NATO. Bring all these countries in. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying send all these troops in there do anything like that. There's a difference, you know, that the New York Times brushes over and that the opponents of supporting an ally in freedom brush over. And their arguments keep changing, I notice, the pacifists within the Republican Party. And by the way, it's not the first time this has happened. It happened through the 20s and 30s. And so we were really, our backs were against the wall when when we were attacked by the Japanese at Pearl Harbor, when Hitler declared war on us and Italy declared war on us, we weren't ready. We were on our heels. The pacifists were in charge in both parties. And of course, they had an American first movement led by Charles Lindbergh. And as soon as we were attacked at Pearl Harbor, Charles Lindbergh reversed course. And they dismantled the so-called America First group, which had tens of thousands of active members. And Charles Lindbergh actually insisted on flying some flights in support of the United States. There were big voices out there. Joe Kennedy Sr. that actually supported the enemy. As Germany was getting stronger and stronger. The crown in Britain, the duke, who was the would-be king, had communications with the Third Reich. The Washington Post's lead writer in Berlin was very sympathetic to the Third Reich. So there's always people like that, and there always will be. First, we were told the Russians would not invade Ukraine as they put 200,000 soldiers and thousands of tanks on the border. The Putinoids and the pacifists assured us that they weren't going to invade Ukraine. But they did. Oops. Did they even admit to making a mistake? And yet they pretend they can read Putin's mind. They won't listen to his voice. They won't listen to what he says. They won't look at his actions. No, they're reading his mind. There's no way he's going into Poland, Mark. His military's just too weak and blah, 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 and so forth. 
It's about territory. Well, what the hell do you think's going on between Israel and their neighbors? It's about territory. What the hell do you think it was about in World War II when one European country after another was conquered? It's territory. Territory? The war's about territory? Ukraine wasn't seeking territory. Putin already took Crimea away from Ukraine. Before that, he took half of Georgia. Now he wants all of Ukraine. This clown, his second-in-command, blurted it out today. That as far back as 2010, they weren't looking for peace of Ukraine. They wanted to conquer Ukraine. And if these candidates would bother to read what Putin wrote almost two years ago, July, two summers ago, you don't have to believe me. Listen to him. Now, if I were a hawk or a neocon, what would I be saying now? I'd be saying we ought to take out Putin and a thousand other stupid things. But the Ukrainians are fighting on their own with our weapon, with our advice, with our resources. They're doing something that a lot of allies won't do and can't do. There are many countries where the people are fighting like this for their own liberty. What do you think Reagan would do? What do you think Reagan would do? Did he help the Nicaraguan freedom fighters? Yes. Did he help the Angolan freedom fighters? Yes. Did he help the the Afghan freedom fighters? Yes. Did he help the Eastern European freedom fighters? Yes. Do you think you'd look at Ukraine and say, it's none of our business? We don't have any interest here? An awful lot of wars have started in Europe, and not because of us. And the America Firsters have a very bad habit. They blame America first. Is that what they mean by being American firsters? I believe in American first, too. And the way you prevent a world war is to help the Ukrainians stand up to Russia and so forth. Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. A friend of mine just wrote me and said, so let me get this straight. On this Biden story where he saw two well-dressed men kissing and his father is driving him to school. He's a senior in high school, Mr. Producer. He said to him the big issue was your daddy's still driving you to school when you're a senior in high school? Don't you have a friend or somebody you can drive with? The whole thing is BS. Everybody knows it. It's been demonstrated 14 different ways. Anyway, I want you to listen to this first clip of Joe Biden as he does his Marxist class warfare. He's now accusing the Republicans of wanting to defund the police. 
The guy is such a pathological liar. It's just incredible to me. But that probably explains why he is the leading Democrat in America. Cut one, go. My Republican friends say, what are you going to cut taxes for the wealthy? I said, no, I got a better way of saving money. Not a joke. If, in fact, no. you limit yeah. the amount of money that can be charged to reasonable prices by the drug companies, you know how much you this year? Not a joke. Yes, you are, you schmuck. All right, that's enough. And yet I'm thinking, how fast did Biden bail out his friends at this bank, the Silicon Valley Bank? How fast did he do that, Mr. Producer? In minutes? Many of them millionaires and billionaires took the limit off the cap of $250,000 for depositors. Has exposed the entire nation to a policy that would be utterly disastrous. How fast did he move? This is a Democrat bank, and I'm going to prove that in a minute. Meanwhile, as Kelly Sadler points out, in the, what is this paper? The Washington Times. Good paper. Biden rushes to bail out Silicon Valley, continues to ignore East Palestine, Ohio. You thought about that, Rich? Isn't that amazing? So the Democrats are always about bailing out Democrats. The elite donors. The bigwigs. East Palestine doesn't even merit a visit by this moron. Now you think about that, folks. And there's going to be more about the money that's gone to the Biden crime family from the communist Chinese in a minute. This is unbelievable to me that there's not an ongoing investigation of Biden and his family. Forget about Hunter. Hunter's just a little piece of it. The big guy at the top. None of this would be possible but for the big guy. And yet they are covering up for this guy like there's no tomorrow. Like there's no tomorrow. But Biden keeps talking about now that Republicans want to defund the police. Because they didn't vote for his massive climate change bill that was dressed up as an inflation reduction bill that had all kinds of stuff in there. And we give money to states and cities. And he said that money could have been used to hire police. But the Republicans voted against it, therefore they defunded. This is why this crackpot was failing in law school and had to plagiarize and cheat to get through a test. Because he's an idiot. But if you're an idiot in politics, you're righteous. If you know how to lie and lie often, even if you're caught, but you act like you're telling the truth, you can become a Democrat Party apparatchik or an official as well. It's just incredible to me. And then he sends his idiot OMB director to the Senate to defend what is an indefensible massive spending debt and taxing bill. The worst we've seen ever proposed in the history of the United States, ever. And she's up against the great senator from Wisconsin, Ron Johnson. I want you to take a listen to this. Cut to go. What would be a fair percent of total income taxes, in your mind, for the wealthy to pay? So I'll, I'll, I will point out uh, that you talked a lot about federal tax. We have 
I also did, I also did total tax, it was yeah. about 24%. So in your mind, again, you have to use metrics here. When, when will the top 1% pay their fair share? What percent of income taxes, what percent of total taxes will be their fair share? I'll go back to a statistic that I talked about earlier, where some analysis show 400 of the wealthiest families in this country pay an 8% effective rate. So let me, let, me stop, let me stop. The top 1% pay an average of a 26% top rate. The bottom 50% pay 3.1%. So the bottom 50% pay 3.1%. The top 1% pay an effective rate of 26%. That's a pretty big delta. That's a progressive tax rate. Again, I want to know at what, what should the top 1% pay in terms of total income tax? What should they pay as a percent of total, total tax? What percent should that be? Right now it's 42.3% of total income tax. It's around 24% of total tax. Senator, now listen, to now listen, listen to how vicious and vile she becomes here. Because he asks a very rational question. Notice first she talks about these 400 families. He's not talking about that. He's talking about all the wealthiest in the country. Not 400 families. Tens of thousands of families. So he says, what should it be? Now listen to what she says. Go. I'm happy to share ours where... No, I mean, listen, you don't even need to look at it. Right now it's 42%. That's your analysis. Should it be, should it be 50%? Should they pay 70% of the total income tax? Should they pay 50% of total tax? I mean, in your mind, to step away from rhetoric, at what point will you be satisfied that one, the top 1% are paying their fair share? I mean, you ought to be able to figure that off the top of your head. Yeah, Senator, I've told you, and I'm happy to share this analysis. 400 of the wealthiest families in this country. That's, that's not answering the question. See, and they're never going to answer the question because Marxists don't answer questions. They don't have to. They're ideologues. And she's not going to answer the question. The numbers that he's using are publicly available numbers. I've used them before myself. The bottom 50% pay 3.1% of federal income taxes. The bottom 50%. The top 1% pay 26%. The top 5% pay 50%. He's saying, okay, what do you want them to pay? And she won't say. Why not? I don't know. Maybe she needs a biologist, Mr. Producer. Although in her case, she needs a mathematician. Shalonda Young is her name, by the way. And she's highly qualified for this position because she knows how to lie just like her boss. Her boss is out there today, as you heard him, talking about how Republicans want to defund the police. And everybody's scratching their head. Wait a minute. We have Democrat mayor after mayor. We still have Democrats in the House saying that. Which Republican wanted to defund the police? But he says it. Because he has no shame. He's been doing it for 80 years. Cut three, go. 2022 is $1.37 trillion. In 2023, it's projected to be over $1.5 trillion. All right, he's talking about each year's deficit because they keep claiming this is going to bring down the deficit, all this massive spending. So he says, 2022, you project 
the deficit just for that year to be 1.3 to 1.4 trillion. In 2023, it's projected to be over 1.5 trillion. And the president's budget now is projecting 1.8 trillion. Go ahead. The president's budget now is projecting 1.8 trillion. So from 1.3 to 1.5 to 1.8 how can you claim that's reducing the deficit? Easily, Senator. My entire statement said over. we talk about 10-year budget windows. Over the 10-year budget window, if you go look at 2033, the president's budget will bring down deficits uh, by $3 trillion, nearly $3 trillion, 2.9. But again, year to year. I mean, I think most people say when you're reducing deficit. So let's stop. Let's stop. What 10-year budget? What is this, Mao's China? Stalin's Russia. Everybody knows 10-year budgets are a fraudulent PR marketing mess that Congress uses, particularly Democrats. Because no future Congress is held to what a past Congress has done. Certainly the Democrats aren't going to be held to it. They'll look for another emergency, another, another situation to say, look, we've got to spend more and more and more and more because that's what they do. They're economic ignoramuses. Go ahead. Year on year. So we're going from 1.3 trillion to 1.6 trillion to now 1.8 in the budget. You're actually increasing the deficit by about $300 billion in 2024 is your projection over the 2023 projection. You're increasing the deficit. And by the way, that's a massive deficit. $1.8 trillion. What do you think is sparking inflation? Which caused the Fed to start increasing interest rates, which is causing the run on these banks. At what point are you going to acknowledge the harm that, these mass, that this massive deficit spending is causing our economy? You're certainly not recognizing in your 2024 budget. Senator, what I hope we all realize is that inflation is a global, uh, a global phenomenon. The UK doesn't have the same laws over the last few years that the United States has, and it has inflation. India, the same. Again, when when America sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. And what he's saying there is, what does that have to do with anything? We're the ones driving up inflation, so it affects the other countries. The other countries are based on the dollar, too. And he's asking very, very important questions here, and she won't answer them. She won't answer them. This, This involves the budget. This involves the future. And she won't answer them, and they're destroying our financial system, our banking system. But they keep at it with her because this is the budget proposal, and this is the committee that oversees the budget. Now, Rick Scott takes a shot to see what's going on. Excellent senator as well. Shalanda Young again, OMB director, cut four, go. Do you believe excessive government spending, running big deficits, causes inflation i believe one thing does not cause inflation and what we see is inflation is pervasive around the that's fine i mean that was an answer so that's no the federal debt has risen to more than 31 trillion dollars since biden took office it's almost up four trillion dollars do you believe that his budget reduces debt the debt of the country Uh, senator one i would i use 24.7 trillion uh, that is publicly held debt. The rest of the debt that you cite is go- other government trust you think, funds. Do you think his debt. budget reduces debt? 
Uh, our budget focuses on the deficit, which in no, it turn just, has an impact on okay, the debt. So that's a no. Okay, that's fine. So is President Biden's budget balanced? Meaning, does it, are you going to, are we going to spend more than we collect? Uh, Senator, no, because we believe that would okay. hurt working families. Oh, okay. Now you haven't hurt working families yet, have you? Do I have to go through it? Do these people not live in the real world? The answer is no. They get a government check no matter what, and it's a big, fat, juicy check. These people come out of academia. They come out of activism, community activists. Most of them are utterly ignorant about the areas of the government they're supposed to be overseeing. It's not that this woman is ignorant. She's a propagandist, a propagandist for Biden and his administration. You've heard what she said. Does any of it make sense? You're going to massively increase yearly deficits. And then you claim at the end of 10 years, you're going to be cutting debt. Now, that is a lie. And so the Democrats are going to vote for this. Now, let me ask you a question. How is this any different from a financial institution putting out a document that lies about their finances? And if the SEC found out about it, wouldn't they prosecute them? Wouldn't they audit them? Wouldn't the moron, the attorney general, wouldn't he sick his, his hound dogs on them? And yet the government does this every damn day. You're hearing it right here. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best. The best of Mark Levin. More of the corrupt Biden family. Before I get to that, 18 United States Code, Section 600.1. Grounds for appointing a special counsel. The Attorney General, or in cases in which the Attorney General is recused, the Acting Attorney General, will appoint a special counsel when he or she determines a criminal investigation of a person or matter is warranted and a that investigation or prosecution of that person or matter by a United States Attorney's Office or litigating division of the Department of Justice would present a conflict of interest for the department or other extraordinary circumstances and b that under the circumstances would be in the public interest to appoint an outside special counsel to assume responsibility for the matter. Now, clearly, a threshold for a criminal investigation has been met in the case of Joe Biden, given the emails, the texts, given the laptop, and given additional information, such as the Treasury Department wire information. Clearly, that investigation uh, should not be handled by his own administration, a U.S. attorney whom he appoints, or an attorney general whom he appoints. So it meets that element of the law. And then finally, that under the circumstances would be in the public interest for another to assume responsibility for the matter. There's simply no question about that. So this is what is supposed to direct, that is, compel an attorney general to appoint a special counsel. And yet he refuses to do so in the Biden case as more information is revealed. Now we have the Daily Mail. We talked about this the other day. Who is this mysterious third Biden family member to receive communist Chinese cash? Haley Biden, it turns out, 
Haley Biden is the widow of Bo Biden. She also had an affair with Hunter Biden, or they had a relationship. And then Hunter Biden cheated on her and had a relationship with Haley's sister. So you can see how sick this whole thing is. But let's go on. Haley Biden received a cut of $3 million in cash from China sent to an associate of Hunter. According to Republicans, who released information from subpoenaed bank records. Now, let's just stop there a minute. Would that not be headline news today on every newspaper, on every news platform? Would that not be headline news even for the Today Show and Good Morning America? Would that not be headline news for the Yentas on The View? You damn well know it would be. Bo Biden's widow was identified today as the third member of the first family wrapped up in Representative James Comer's investigation and allegations they used their names to profit on business deals around the world. In a memo seen by the DailyMail.com, Haley received $35,000 in two transfers in March from Biden family associate John Rob Walker after he received a $3 million wire from the Chinese State Energy HK Limited, a firm affiliated with the CFC China Energy. That's the massive Communist Chinese Energy Front Group. Goes on, the White House, or excuse me, White House hit back in a blistering statement they called the focus on Hunter Biden's widow bizarre. Really? Well, I'm focused on Joe Biden. Is that bizarre, too? Haley, who had dinner with Joe in Delaware on Friday, was married to Bo until his cancer death in 2015 and then had a relationship with Hunter from March 2017 until 2019. The bombshell memo shows Republicans are expanding their investigation into whether the Biden family used their names to cash in on ventures across the globe. The GOP is also investigating what, if any, services Walker or family members provided to receive $3 million in cash from China. In the memo obtained by the DailyMail.com, Comer asked why Haley Biden publicly reported to work as a school counselor received money from Rob Walker, the account holder, who got the initial deposit from the Chinese firm. And then, of course, this guy, Jamie Raskin, who's a red, his father was a commie, father set up the Institute for Policy Studies, a Soviet front group in many respects. He's been involved in every effort to take out Donald Trump on the impeachments and so forth, and now he's their go-to guy still. But Comer also took a shot at ranking member Jamie Raskin, who accused him of running a dragnet for personal financial information on Walker. He said ranking member Jamie Raskin mischaracterized the substance of the bank's records by referencing payments related to Mr. Walker's miscellaneous purchases, such as Papa John's and coffee at Starbucks, he wrote, referencing a blistering memo by Raskin blasting the probe as strictly political. See this guy, Raskin? He had no problem with going after Trump over nothing. But here we have something. And he accuses the Republicans of doing exactly what he did. Representative Raskin omitted material facts that 
Robinson Walker LLC received a $3 million wire from a Chinese company in March 2017, less than two months after Biden left the vice presidency. And that Mr. Walker then transferred over a million dollars to various banks associated with the Bidens in the following months. Jamie Raskin doesn't care about any of that. This is a big, big deal. And may I say the Bidens have been caught red-handed, communist red-handed. I just read to you what the appointment requirement for a special counsel is. How has that not been done yet? It's case after case after case. Fingerprints, DNA, everything all over the place. The White House has repeatedly denied President Biden knowing family members' business dealings. He frequently, now isn't that, he distanced himself from his own family. His brother, his daughter-in-law, his son. But they're innocent, you see. Joe Biden knows they're innocent, but he doesn't know anything about what they've been doing. He frequently continues, does Biden, to socialize with family members traveling with Natalie Biden, Hallie and Bo's daughter, to the West Coast this week and dining at Hallie Biden's home in Delaware last week, according to a poll report filed by a reporter traveling with the president, but they don't discuss anything. No, 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 no. White House spokes idiot Ian Sams accused Comer of cruelty, going after Biden's son and his late son's widow. Oh, I see. It's cruel, so don't do it. Don't look into it. The transactions cited by Comer are from 2017 after Bo's death. After Bo's death. This poor Bo Biden has been used by his family and their lawyers to try and conceal all their filthy, lousy corruption. It's unbelievable. After Bo's death, when Haley Biden and Hunter Biden were romantically involved. That's from 2017, what they're looking at in part. The memo also references Biden associate James Giller. After the Chinese company wired Robertson Walker the $3 million, the Biden family received approximately $1,065,692 over a three-month period in different bank accounts. All right, let's stop there a second. What in the hell is the Biden family doing getting $3 million from a communist Chinese front group? Let's just stop. And then they get money at the Penn Biden Center in Washington, D.C. to pay him $900,000 a year for sitting on his ass and picking his nose. Now think about that. More Chinese money. What the hell's going on here? And over there at the Department of Injustice, they're all blind to it. They don't want to know. They don't want to hear. They don't want to see. It's unbelievable. And yet, wait till you hear what the rogue Jack the Ripper Smith is doing in a moment. Comer says he issued the subpoena on February 27. And he says it was in pursuit of legislative solutions, a statement that recalls the court fight over Democrat efforts to get Trump's tax returns. Well, they got them, and there was nothing. And so they're looking at these bank statements. They're looking at these wire transfers that you can imagine. The Democrats had no interest in looking at anything if it didn't have Trump related to it. So there's real fire here. 
not just smoke. There is real fire here. Where's Woodward? Where's Bernstein? Where's Haberman? Where is Jeremy and his Peters? Where are the New York Times and the Washington Post and NBC and MSNBC? Where's CNN and ABC and CBS? Where are all the intrepid investigative reporters that are overpaid, slovenly buffoons? Where are they? Don't they want a breaking story? And where the hell is Christopher Ray and Meritless Garland? Aren't they interested in finding out what took place? Apparently not. Maybe we can get a local Republican DA to dig into this. A local Republican DA. Maybe we can get one of them to dig into this. A Republican Attorney General. Problem is, they're not in Delaware or Washington, D.C. Nonetheless, maybe there's one out there. Because this is heavy duty cover up mode. Heavy duty cover up mode. 